Welcome to the Nameless InfoSec Podcast. This is Sporus, and with me is... Bio Shadow. Just to introduce ourselves, a little bit about me. Um, I'm into manga, anime, things like that. I'm a student of computer science, and I've been interested in InfoSec for a while, and I've been wanting to podcast for a while, so we're giving it a shot. So. Uh, like I said, name's Bio Shadow. Uh, I am new to the information security apparently two years now I am working for a web security comf- uh, web security company uh, paid to break websites daily so uh, yeah but uh, I like wa- long walk- walks on the beach long walks on the beach are always good so yeah, yeah. so the you know we're, right now the name for the pon- podcast is the nameless infosec podcast because we're too lazy to come up with a name um and what we're going to be doing is, you know, we're both new to InfoSec, and we figured we'd we'd learn as, or everybody else would learn as we learn. So yeah. So we uh, we noticed that there was this gap in podcasts where it was like the security now, where it's just like basic computer security, and then there was this gap where, on the other side, where it was really not really high technical, but really advanced stuff, but there was nothing for us newcomers, so we're trying to fill that void. We'll, f- we'll be also filling a void on Hacker Public Radio by uh, being one of the only InfoSec news shows on Hacker Public Radio currently. So, Well, uh, why, don't, why don't we get right into you know current projects? What, what are you working on? Um, currently, I am trying to... Uh, broaden my uh informa- my uh, web security knowledge i'm very new to the space oh, i just use space uh, <laughs> um uh i'm new to the uh genre that's not even a good word either anyways i'll just move on um and try to uh broaden my uh skills in there and uh i'm also trying to actually get back into uh blog posts and uh i'm also trying to learn ruby which is not going well well, you'll, you'll have to teach me some Ruby later, because I haven't worked on that at all. So, Currently, I'm working on a uh, kind of secret pro- project that um, I'll hopefully be talking about at several conferences this year. Can't really talk about it much right now. Um, other than that, I'm just trying to learn a lot about, uh, as much about coding as I can, because that's kind of where I see myself going. So, but. I'm I'm trying to work a lot with um, parallel programming things like that. So I've been having some fun with Google Go. Google Go. Hmm. Yeah. So it's that uh, that Google programming language that they came out with last year. Have you looked at it? Uh, yeah, I looked at it when it came out. I haven't looked at it since, but uh, so, it does look it's been, interesting. Yeah, it's been growing pretty quickly. Um, and it's it's easy to write in. So that's that's well. Cool. Um, you want to get right on to the news? So. Yeah, let's get right on to the news. All right, why don't you take this first story? First story coming from Royal Pingdom, pingdom.com's blog. Uh, they tore apart the uh, semantic, uh, what is it, the Semantic Message Labs Intelligence Report for 2010, and they uh, pulled out a bunch of nuggets about email spam. You know, they uh, found out that, you know, like 80, it's a 66 report, and they just pulled out all the... Uh, nice nuggets of facts uh, like like um, fa- uh, 
last year in 2009, I guess. Yeah, 2009, uh, 90%, 96% of spam was English, and it has uh, gone down to 90%. So uh, Semantic is uh, rationalizing this as uh, they're becoming more international rather than targeting us, uh, United States and Britain. They're hitting everybody now, which is pretty cool. And, uh, well, something I found interesting in it was it talking about the spam botnets, so... I've always been interested in the botnet thing. So. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that was pretty cool. The uh, 88% spam from botnets, talking about on average 77 spam messages are sent out per minute from a compromised bot, but some bots send out as much as 200 a minute. That's that's a lot of email. That's so. Have you have you done any work with uh, any botnet research yourself? Uh. I attempted to do some when I was a field tech at a K through 12. We had a quite a few botnets, <laughs> and uh, there, so uh, we looked at some. You know, we didn't get too deep, but we saw the traffic going to, uh, you know, Eastern Europe and uh, right. and and China. Not very much China, as this, as as this uh, blog post actually points out, is that not yeah, a lot of traffic was, goes to China. I was gonna mention the um, if you look at the graphic on the blog post. It, pretty much everything is in Europe, so yeah, it's, and not just Eastern Europe like I would have thought. It's all over Europe. Yeah, but and I thought it's fairly centralized. Yeah, I would have thought the U.S. would have been brighter, you know, like a darker color. But it's very, right. it's very not. And then Europe is just like it's red. It's yeah. it's kind of staggering. It says China sends less than half a percent of the global botnet spam, so I'd have thought it'd be a little bit more, because I talk about how there's so many more computers in China now, and mm-hmm. people aren't protecting them, and things like that, so. We, uh, a roommate thought about, uh, the comment was, uh, well, the Great Wall of China, you know, the Great Firewall of China, maybe that's right. part of the reason. Maybe the internal spam is a lot higher, but the traffic that we actually see is lower. But, but that is very interesting, that it's yeah, less than a percent that's an interesting um, that's an interesting observation. That makes a lot of sense. So, um, well, I mean, that's that's pretty much all for this post. It just talked about the different uh, statistics with spam. It was it was an interesting read if you're interested in spam. So, and they have a link to the full report that's 66 pages long. I downloaded yeah, it for later brain numbing. Yeah, I'll have to put that on my Kindle later and uh, check that one out. So, You want to take this uh, next story? All right. So the next story is from Computer World. Um, uh, hackers steal $150,000 with malicious job application. So it says that um, small businesses, there's a new scam where uh, people wanting to hack their online bank accounts will apply for a job. Um, it talks about an FBI report here, and they're, they're calling it an, an ACH fraud, or automatic clearinghouse fraud, where they install malicious software on the business's computer and use it to log into their bank account. Um, so, I mean, it, it, this is an interesting approach. I've never, I had never heard of anything like this before seeing this article, so. Yeah, this, that's, uh, I, I never thought about the fact that anyone's going to open a it but, but it makes sense like everyone's going to open job application you know to think about it you know even the larger companies where do job application go to hr sally and hr and i bet you right. sally doesn't think about viruses so 
Uh, it's it's it, it's an interesting approach, and apparently it's working since they got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's right. I mean, really, the only way I can think of to combat this, I mean, if they're writing their own malware, your uh, different scanning software isn't going to pick it up, and so you'd have to put your HR department on a separate network, which, I mean, that makes sense, but for a small business, that's, that's you know, something that's not very feasible, so. Yeah, they, as, as always, the, uh, the email that's sent out is uh, very well, uh, not well, I should say, written. They've got a, an example down here that says, Hello, I have figured out that you have an available job. I am quite interested in it. So <laughs> I sent you send you my resume. Looking forward to your work boy. reply. Thank you. And SonicWall is also reporting that only, the, the Trojan that they found has only been around since last July. Uh, no, hmm. no, sorry. The scam has been around at least six months, according to security vendor Sonic Wall, which reported the Trojan last July. Well, the, the, you know, if this is something that anybody <coughs> is worried about, uh, you know, different ways it mentions that you can work work on it is uh, delete the attachment and ask for a plain text version, or if, you've, if you're using Gmail for your email, which I know a lot of businesses are with the Google Apps and things, mm-hmm. um, you can open documents in, in Gmail to see if they're legitimate, and then... You know, all the risk is on Google's servers instead of on your own. Which uh, I, I know for a fact Google makes sure that there's no viruses on it. Right. I mean, can, can you think of any other advice for people on how to deal with something like that? Um, only, I would say only open PDFs, but we've proven that PDFs aren't secure either. So, right. I mean, I can, the only thing I can think of is to only use it, like maybe a separate computer, like an unsecure computer that's uh, like... Uh, air gapped on the regular internal network or opening it in G- uh, Google like uh, you suggested but yeah that's that's a good one so, because you can't not open job applications especially if you're looking for uh, looking for employees yeah that's yeah, the, I, I think that's good advice right there so uh, do you want to take the next one sure of course I'm going to get this one <laughs> Apparently, there is a new virus called the Kama Sutra virus out there. Um, apparently, the uh, Kama Sutra virus is being transferred in the form of a downloaded uh, PowerPoint uh, template or PowerPoint uh, slideshow uh, file link. And the presentation, which is actually an .exe file, is opened. It sh- the users are, quote-unquote, treated to an, quote-unquote, illustrated Kama Sutra position presentation. And uh, in the background, the malicious the malicious code is installing some stuff, uh, including, uh, according to this blog post we have in front of us or article or whatever, is downloading a backdoor of some kind, um, and it's installing some temp files, a batch file, two exes, and it looks like they're installing something that they're calling Acrobat.exe, so maybe a reader of some kind, but it looks pretty interesting. And no, there is no pictures on the blog posts for those that care. It is a family-friendly blog, apparently. So no blog, po- <laughs> no pictures for you. But no. my guess is you could probably Google search. So if you want those, go Google. <laughs> it's it's an interesting um interesting 
virus, I, I mean, we don't see too many interesting viruses these days that are making it into the news. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's not like it used to be where people would open anything that got sent to them, so. Uh, yeah, it looks... Well, some, some people still are, but... Yeah, it looks like they actually put a uh, true uh, PowerPoint slide on there, so you're actually looking at a PowerPoint file, and in the background they're executing a system... Uh, registering for system start and then changes the security settings at Internet Explorer and then adds system files. So yeah, it's it's standard backdoor but with a interesting uh, 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 I guess an interesting uh, way to uh, um, uh, brain freeze. Uh, interesting way to uh, get someone to download it. Uh, all, all, I, all I can say about this one is that um, I don't know. With some things, if you're the one whose job it is to clean the computers, it's an unlucky job. This one, you you might appreciate it. So just a tad, just a tad. Yeah. So, well, uh, on to the next one. Um, I'll I'll take this one. Um, Doncho Donchev, a zero-day blogger and malware researcher, he's been missing since August, and there's you know information coming out in the past few days showing that he's been he's probably in some serious trouble uh the this article's on zdnet and they're talking about how um nobody's been able to make contact with him they've contacted bulgarian authorities and uh no one knows what happened to him um he apparently an email was sent from him to a colleague of his saying that he was in some uh, pretty deep trouble and he sent some attached pictures. Uh, so ZDNet, they said they weren't sure how to proceed and so they published the information so that maybe someone can shed some light on it. So if, if you have any information on it, they want you to contact them. They have an email and uh, we'll, we'll have a link to the post and uh, to their email in the... Um, in the show notes, so I mean, yeah. what do you think about this? this? Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of scary, you know. East, you know, he's in Bulgaria, so yeah, there, there's the fact that he's in Eastern Europe. So this isn't a U.S. citizen. For those that are freaking out about uh, researchers disappearing in the U.S., which may or may not happen, I'm not going to discuss that part. Right. But it's but, not something you think about happening over here, though. So yeah, definitely not. And apparently, he added some pictures from his. Uh, apartment that he found a bug i think he says uh he says uh due to my clear recommended me no he says something in here about uh, having pictures of what uh the bulgarian police and or intelligence agencies left him and it's apparently a bug i believe it was in his kitchen no no he says it's the current situation in his bathroom yeah 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 in the bathroom there's a uh, it looks like a box that's uh, um, on the wall, and then he takes a picture of a uh, some cabling, and it looks like some Cat5 cabling, but I don't think that's right. Maybe Cat5, and then some, uh, and then some RJ, uh, yeah. what is it, 15? That's phone cable. Yeah, so. it looks like his cable has been split and then uh, rerun, so someone's like physically manning the middle of them. I don't know. I, and he, he, it says that he thinks that it's actually the Bulgarian law enforcement that are doing this. So, and and that's what makes it 
so scary is, you know, if, it, if it's organized crime or something, that's one thing, but when it's your own government, that makes it, you know, I, yeah. I, how, how do you fight something like that? So uh, Outside help, I mean, you know, he's clearly, you know, he says in his blog, he's they're trying to damage his reputation for the last year and a half because of his pro-Western views, you know, right. and, uh, you know, and there's there's that, and I mean, no one's coming. I, I think another article on Wired said that uh, Wired was able to act, uh, talk to some people that can't tell us where he is or what he's doing, but he isn't. He is, there is something going on that is not good for him. So we we don't know if that means something with the Bulgarian uh, Bulgarian government or if it's the mob, uh, the mob mafia, whatever they want to call themselves now. But well, whoever it is. Uh... I mean, all we can do right now is hope that somebody does have some information to shed on it and you know, hope that he does come out okay in the end. So, yeah. But that's kind of a scary thing to think about. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it's because he's a malware researcher. It sounds like it's more about uh, his other views. But, I mean, that you know, you, you think about it, there's... You know, I've been reading some different things about the computer underground in the late 80s, early 90s, and I mean, there, there's things where it seems like uh, any government might want to get rid of you being in computer research just because you might know too much. Yeah. So you listen to you uh, read the wrong forum and you find out that Bulgarians or government's writing this or that, and right, or then you or hack into the wrong system. Yep. So. Drop into but, uh, the wrong CNC server. Yeah, it just it's not good. All we have to say is uh, don't hack the military from your home connection. So proxies are your friend, and if yeah. you do know anything, please help in any way you can. I don't I don't think they care if they know who you are. They just want information. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll have links to that one and all the others in the show notes. So um, you want to grab the next one? Sure. We got smartphone hacking. Smartphone hacking highlights more GSM woes. If uh, GSM wasn't broken enough, uh, apparently this article came out today, a couple couple hours ago when we record this, which is the 19th, uh, out of Black Hat DC. Some European a European research today showed that how bugs he discovered in the baseband chipset firmware of iPhone and Android smartphones could be exploited to ultimately take control of these devices. Um, apparently he can use he can intercept phone calls SMS and in some cases the uh, GPRS which is the general packet radio service and edge depending on which what hardware he says that right. he can use he's out of University of Luxembourg if that means anything turns so out it, it sounds like it's you know he, they specifically mentioned the iPhone and Android but the, looking through the article, it sounds like it's more because of GSM than yeah. because of the iPhone or Android. So potentially, more phones are susceptible to this. Yeah, it's it's not. Is that is that kind of what? You're yeah, it's not specific hardware. It's not specific OS. It just happens to be that he found these vulnerabilities in this firmware for this chipset and used uh, used uh, uh, the GSM network to get it and. Uh, you know, so he also seems to be a winner from last year's Pwn to Own. So yeah, this is not it, the first time. So 
and and he mentions um Chris Paget's uh you know um cell phone GSM hacking at uh last year's DEFCON in, in July um and he says that his attack is more malicious and he could break the phone yeah and and actually take it over with this attack so yeah uh i mean you know thinking about you know in the u.s we've got verizon and sprint but worldwide i I think it's something like 80 percent of phones in the world are gsm or something like that pretty much if you're outside the u.s you are pretty much a gsm phone we have two network we have two or three networks that are cdma and for once, I'm happy to be on CDMA. Right. So <laughs> but, I, I'm on I'm on GSM myself, but uh, I don't mention BlackBerry in this article. But if it's well, due to GSM, no no one carries Blackberries anymore to uh, break them. Uh, so I think you're well, I, I think you've reached the point where no one cares about security through obscurity. So, yeah. yeah, I've noticed most people don't even mention it when they mention smartphones these days. Well, there is yeah. Taylor Tyler Davis's uh, stuff that he talked about at Schmoocon last year about using his BlackBerry as a uh, personal bug, being able to read right. phone calls and stuff, and do GPS coordinates down to three feet. So yeah, so far I haven't found anything or very much that other people can do that I can't, and mm-hmm. you know, I, can, I can write my own apps for it just fine. So yeah. you know, y'all, are, y'all have fun with your iPhones and other toys. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it seems like, Every couple months now, they're coming out with something else that's, you know, showing vulnerabilities in GSM. And, you know, it, you know, switching to 3G, we do have the better encryption on 3G, but it's, it's still a proprietary encryption. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how long, if ever, it's going to be before we get something really secure there. So yeah, and, and GSM is like altogether better because I mean, all you have to do is switch SIMs out. It's not hardware locked you know right so you know and, i and really you can switch yeah. you can switch carriers without flashing the firmware so yeah that's i would really like for the gs uh, the, the group behind gsm i think it is gsm that's behind it but i don't remember what their name is but i really hope that they fix their stuff because i really like gsm better because well i would like to be able to go to europe and put a new sim into my phone and not have to buy a new phone you know yeah the the nice thing is that, I mean, there is software out there that will let you, you know, there are apps for all the different phones that will let you do um, encrypted, encrypted text messages and encrypted voice yeah. on top of the encryption that's within GSM. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that you, you know, you, you have to be calling somebody else who yeah. can do that. Yeah. So. We, it's the uh, uh, iPhone, not iPhone, Android has a, Red phone and tech, uh, tech secure by uh, Whisper Systems, whose uh, mm. most famous uh, member is uh, Moxie Marlinspike, and okay. uh, he's. Uh, uh, I actually talked to him about it at a uh, Bay Threat, which is a local conference first year here. He came in and did some uh, talks about uh, what it was. What did he call it? It was uh, cute and fluffy something or other. I can't remember, but it was a pretty cool talk. And it, he was it was talking about you know. The no network effect and stuff, but that, that's the same problem. It's like you can have the most secure the fo- most secure phone where it's like encrypted down to the firmware, but if you can't call somebody else with that same phone, it's useless. So, you know, it's to have security, you have to have it on every phone, or else it's 
worthless because, oh, I have an encrypted phone, but you don't have an encrypted phone, and I can't talk to you. And or if I do, it's unencrypted. Right, even if there's a... Uh, you know, I, I was just trying to think of ways you could get around that. One of the ways I was thinking of was if you have, a, like, a, a server in the middle that the phone call goes through so that you're encrypted to the server, uh, you know, like an encrypted proxy type thing, but it's still encrypted going to them, so if, you know, the person you're talking to is bugged and they they're not encri- they're not encrypted then you know what's the point of having that encryption that far if you know yeah wi- wi-fi encryption only gets you to your router it doesn't get you out into the internet so yeah exactly but uh well let's um you know we're, we're starting to get a lo- little long in time let's go ahead and uh hit this next story cool so, uh, i think um yeah i think it's yeah, I'll, I'll grab this one so uh this this next story is talking about botnets, one of my uh, all-time favorite topics, because t- typically some interesting stuff. Uh, researchers are saying that Walladak is is back and has a new push, and the Rustock botnet is pumping spam again as well. Um, so this article is on dark reading and in their insider threat section, and uh, it's just basically saying that they're not really expecting anything new that you know Joe Stewart from uh, Secureworks is saying um, but things, the botnets are all coming back, back and you know with Zeus that toolkit that on botnet it's uh, really easy to do so it's getting a lot more common to find botnets Yeah. and um, they, they mentioned the different ways that the command and control happens and that's always what's been interesting to me is seeing how that's changed, you know, we used to see where it would all be from a server and then, you know, it was it was done on IRC and mm-hmm. na- now a lot of it's going to um, social networks like Twitter, so... Yeah, uh, Robin Wood showed how you were able to do a command and control via Twitter and uh, he actually did the talk at ShrewCon last year and uh, right. you, you can tell what's on my mind. Um, Right, yes. We'll we'll get to that. But uh, he did a talk, and like a week after, there was some unique traffic coming out of Twitter that actually eventually got blocked, but it looked like someone was using his proof of concept to actually run a a small uh, uh, botnet. uh, Right, I remember reading that story, so... Yeah, it was uh, very interesting. He said that it's a very similar idea, but it was not his proof of concept, because he said his proof of concept was very, very crippled on purpose. And so, right. so someone looked at his code and wrote it, rewrote it, or fixed it. And uh, but being Twitter, being Twitter, uh, saw this and jumped on it. And uh, I guess it's probably still happening because, well, you can't stop all the spam or the, all the stuff, but it, they are right. staying on top of it. But it's yeah, it was it was very interesting. He was able to like uh, he in the example he used, he was able to use a uh, Twitter to uh, grab the uh, SAM file, the SAM file from a Windows server. And then, uh, uh-huh. and then mail it to himself, and so he was able to get the list of, uh, you know, admin passwords on uh, his example server. It was uh, pretty cool. But yeah, well, CNCs are always the fun part. Right. That's yeah. It's 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 just interesting seeing all the different ways botnet operators figure things out. Uh, but speaking of botnets, it's it's not exactly a botnet, but and I. But what do you think of the um, kind of volunteer botnet with, that Anonymous is doing? Uh, the so. the Loik. 
Yeah. Uh, low orbit ion cannon. Yeah. Yeah. So have you have you uh, done any looking into that? Um, the one time I looked into the actual uh, tool they're actually using was someone wrote a mobile version, and I was sitting on a uh, light rail going to or from work, and so I pulled it up on my phone and just threw it at my server, and all it did was sit there and try to make requests on behalf of my phone, and all it did was just send. It didn't work. <laughs> it just like. 775 packets sent, none re- in, uh, none none sent back, you know, no packets back or whatever. But uh, huh. yeah, it was. I just chucked it up to four, uh, 4chan users not being the uh, greatest developers. But uh, they well, we don't we don't want to we don't want to do them too bad or else they'll take down our podcast. But um, um I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, in the uh, the great words that my uh, that Jeremiah Grossman said. Don't poke the bear. Uh, right. We're not going to call ourselves unhackable. We're not stupid. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting idea. I was kind of hypoth- kind of for them when they were doing stuff like copyrights and and the trolls that were uh, right. You know, but well, and they started, when they were taking down like um, Scientology things like that. You know, you know that was actually like you, I can see the benefit of the site not being up for a few hours, but just right. but to hit stuff like. Uh, Mastercard and Visa and yeah, where they, PayPal. Where I've had this discussion with my roommate, but you know, it, it's they have like le- they could have legal threats against the U.S. And so they decided to avoid the problem by stopping it, and so for some reason, 4chan th- saw this as a bad thing and attacked them. So, but right. I, I find it well, interesting. It's definitely different. You know, it's they're not using a botnet. That, uh, or well, they are, but it's a volunteer botnet, so it's. It's very interesting. It's it's something I haven't uh, I haven't really seen before. I mean, that's not to say it hasn't happened on a smaller scale, but I, I haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't really seen it done before, where people have uh, you know volunteered to install something on their computer that would be malicious. So there's I don't know if you heard it, but the jester. Uh, uh, yeah, he's. Yeah, I, I, I follow the jester on Twitter. I I enjoy his uh his his talking about um, anonymous and the like. So yeah, there was uh, something I think he posted, and I got a retweet of it. Maybe it was from you, but uh, where he uh, the new software that they were using was posted on a bunch of forums, and the source mm-hmm. was available in the downloads. So he took the source and added some stuff that made him less anonymous. And then recompiled <laughs> it and changed the version number and then re-uploaded it to the new forums and said it was a bug fix and everyone downloaded it and it basically had a uh, backdoor that gave out all the information that they were apparently keeping secure via Tor and just like put it in the access logs or uh, or just didn't take it through Tor so people could track uh, so sites could track it back and uh, people just downloaded it without thinking or doing a checksum on it or anything. It was uh, pretty nice. interesting. I, he was very happy about that. Well, well, why don't we um, move on to our next section, and then we'll. So, if you want to talk about your your stuff, so. sure. Um, yeah, this we're we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about uh, cons that are coming up, and uh, the first one, which is next week, the twenty eighth to thirtieth is thirtieth, is uh, Shwukon twenty eleven, the Con with less moose. 
Um, but the uh, ShmooCon sells itself as being different, affordable, and accessible, and of course entertaining, which it always has been. Uh, this is my second year. It's um, it's a smaller con. I've heard it explained to be like the East Coast DEF CON, but smaller. It's They have a limited lottery system based uh, ticketing system, so that's probably why you've probably heard it before if you're in information security. But um, it should be interesting. They've uh, they've went to the ways of uh, normal. Normally, lots of speakers are the same that are everywhere, but this year they seem to have grabbed a bunch of new people. I have recognized um, three or four names on a list of uh, three tracks with like six to- uh, seven talks a day. So it's it's uh, it's a lot of talks. Uh, Johnny Long will be coming in from uh, where is he again? He's in Africa. I I don't remember where he is. So. Uh, yeah, he's 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 flying in from Africa, wherever he is. I can't remember. I'm sorry, Johnny. I know it's 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 somewhere in Africa. So. Yeah, but he's coming in to do a uh, a, a talk and see Shukan and then uh, Smudge Mudge not Smudge Mudge from the uh, Loft Group is doing a keynote on uh, Friday night, so that'll be interesting. But there's not very many talks, and it's very mobile-themed in uh, mobile uh, themed here. There's talks about attacking the 3G and 4G networks, and, uh, or is it, um, I, saw, I just saw something. Of course, I lose it, though, as soon as I need to talk about it. Um, but, uh, but malicious USB drives, uh, devices from... Uh, Iron Geek, uh, so it's it, it looks like it's gonna be fun. I will uh, go there and be happy and uh, come back and report. I will actually go to conf- I will actually go to the talks since I will have someone to talk to afterwards about it. <laughs> but uh, I'm a I'm a fan of Iron Geek's talks. His um uh-huh. one of the highlights of my con going is hanging out with Iron Geek. So yeah, Iron Geek is a very interesting guy. I like him. He's uh, a lot of fun. And uh, a very good speaker. He he knows his stuff, and he, he it's just like pure data. Um, then I I can second your being excited about ShmooCon because that's all you've been talking about during and before the podcast. Yeah. The uh, uh, as far as I know, it should be live streamed as long as we don't have snowpocalypse like we did last year, where we tried to do live streaming and it just died as soon as it hit the outside. You know, inside it had zero packet loss, and then as soon as it hit the outside ISP connection, we lost tons of packets. So the connection was very bad. But uh, so, um, did you ever get a get in contact with um, uh, who who was it? Was it Matthew? Who was it that was talking for interested in contacting podcasters at move? Oh, that was um, that was H and N. That's right. Yeah, I I talked to Space Rogue, and they were going to do a uh, meet the meet the podcasters and uh i decided that we didn't qualify since we were going to have one blog post right before but not blog post one podcast out before but uh it's uh but uh it should be interesting i'm not sure if we should talk about that actually because he told me if nothing else well well he did he did make the open call out for it this is true yeah but uh it should be a uh yeah if, if nothing else maybe we might try and do a uh Shmoocon special oh. while you're there. Sure. I, there will be plenty of bandwidth, and I will have an SSH connect, uh, SSH server running. 
Alright. Uh, the other two cons, this will be shorter because I don't know as much about one of them, is the RSA conference, which is Business Security Conference. It's There's lots of buzzwords, so I'm going to skip through the About page. But uh, it's it's definitely the uh, C, uh, CEOs and C, COOs conference for security, but uh, it's where everyone, all the vendors and all the uh, people come out and uh, sell their stuff and do it. Um, apparently, there's good parties there. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a partier. And uh, uh, but the the good thing is that there will be a B-side San Francisco the first two days, Monday and Tuesday during it, and. Uh, I would like to thank the sponsors since it is free and uh, you know the sponsors are always good I'm not going to read them off but do f- we'll put a blog post we'll put a link in the uh, show notes but uh, they are cool and I I, I, I thank them very much <laughs> uh, the con the uh, schedule is not up since that is in February but there is a very good list of talks that will be voted upon or has been voted upon and uh but it will be, yeah, voting has closed. I didn't vote. Darn. But um, there's a good uh, set of... I think a lot of people that weren't going voted. So. Yeah. Because they uh, they live stream everything. So you'll be able to see the talk even if you're not here. So, but it will be, uh, it'll be, yeah, it should be a very cool talk with uh, no with no vendors, no, no one trying to sell you anything, just information, friends, and community. It should be very cool. So... Yeah, those are the three cons that I will be, well, two of the cons I will be going to, and three that are happening where I will be. So, I think you've got two more. Well, uh, I do. Um, the first I'll talk about is Indiana Linux Fest. It'll be March 15th through 17th in Indiana, or uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Wyndham Indianapolis West Hotel. Um, it's a just on their About Us page, it's it's a conference put on by the Indiana Free and Open Source Software Society. It's about community, information, and friends. They strive to bring the community together for more information gathering. We want a place for people to network, communicate, and have a good time. And uh, I, I will be at the Indiana Fest. Um, from what I've been told, it's going to be a lot like Southeast Linux, Linux Fest or Ohio Linux Fest, and uh, they've they've got quite a few big spots already. Um, there, there isn't really any information about who the speakers are going to be besides the opening and closing speakers. First will be Tor, uh, Taurus Balog. Hope I'm pronouncing that right from OpenNMS.org, um, and talking about why we can't all get along and why this is a good thing. And then their closing talk will be uh, Bradley Kuhn, the executive director of the Software Freedom Conservancy. And the talk will be Software Freedom Conservancy, Nonprofit Infrastructure for Floss. So I think it's going to be an interesting conference. It'll be my first time going to something that's not a true social con. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how a little bit more professionally done this is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, and it'll probably be the biggest con I've been to. This so. looks very cool. I wish I was in Indiana. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to. Uh, maybe we can get some sponsors who can pay for us to fly around and go to stuff. 
Well, if, so. if there's a sponsor that wants to fly me to Indiana so I can be at Indiana Linux Fest, I would be okay with that completely. All right. Well, <laughs> you, you heard it here. That's a call out. If, you, if you're willing to pay for a flight from uh, California to Indiana so that he can go see the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a live show. Not live show, but right, uh, right. a together show. We'll record together. No, no Skype. Yep. <laughs> but uh, we could do it live too. So. Yeah, it's true. Um, it, this is in a security yep, con. So, they won't but, be uh, stealing our credentials as we log on. This is true. Well, maybe right, so we'll be I there. Still, I, I will still <laughs> be SSH. So, but um, yeah, they they might have to fear a little bit with us there. Two security so. people at the same conference. Oh no. <laughs> the other conference I want to talk about is uh, Outer Zone 7, question mark. Um, I haven't heard any information about Outer Zone this year. I've tried contacting Skydog to get some information, but Skydog has been completely incommunicado with me. So no idea what's going on. Their website's still set up for Outer Zone 6, but that doesn't surprise me because last year it didn't get changed until about a week and a half before the con. So whether or not it's happening, I don't know. If it does happen, it will be towards the end of March in Atlanta. Um, I'm hoping it is not the same weekend as Indiana Express because I would like to go to both. And I think you said you might be able to go to it depending on the date. Yeah, depending on the date and uh, money and that kind of thing. So, but yeah. Right, so um, if you know anything about Outer Zone, contact us. We'd like some information. This means you, Skydog. Um, we want to go. So <laughs> I, I went to Outer Zone here and I had a blast. So Yeah, uh, it, it looks interesting from the, the guy sitting at the desk on the website. That, that's Skydog in his office. So, But... Uh, yeah, Sky, Skydog's great. Iron Geek was there. I had a bunch of fun hanging out with all the guys from uh, um, Huntsville, uh, Makers Local, things like that. So I, I love Outer Zone, Freaknik. Those are two big things that I try and make it to. I've, I've done Freaknik twice now and loved every minute of it. Got That's hang, what got, got me addicted to cons. Got to, so. got to hang out with uh, Dual Care, as we've uh, discussed. You and your epic yes. gear. Yes, there are pictures of me on Flickr in a photo booth with uh, Int80 from DualCore. So, um, cons are fun, and that's all I have to say on that. Uh, so, uh, closing. Um, uh, yeah, closing. we got to end this eventually, I guess. <laughs> uh. so, um, it, I, I have no idea how long we've been recording, because... I have no idea, but um, probably longer than we planned on recording. Yeah. But th- this first step has been fun. Sorry if it's a little rough. We'll we'll be a little bit more prepared from now on. Um, yep. Our goal is to have one. How often do we think? I thought we said monthly as of right now. Okay, so right now we're going to be doing it monthly. Um, do you have anything you want to say? Um. Nothing I can think of. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, we're sorry that it's a little rough. We'll, like we said, we'll make it better. And uh, if you have any comments, questions, feel free to a- email us. Uh, if you feel like sponsoring us, email us. We have no problem with sponsorships. Uh, 
Um, if uh, you have something... Well, so to... we should probably get some contact info. Yes, contact info would be good. Um, I am on Twitter as Bioshadow. Feel free to at me or e- uh, DM me um, if you follow me or want to DM me. Um, you can also email me at um, bioshadow at bioshadow.com. Then the emails for the web. And I am Sporus. You can find me at JM Stitt, S-T-I-T-T, on Twitter. And uh, I, that's probably the best place to get in touch with me. Or you can email me at sporus.cs at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully we'll get a domain name sometime soon and we'll set up an official podcast email. Um, that'll, that'll probably be later on in the year, but... Uh, yet contact us if you have anything you want us to talk about. If you want to be interviewed on the show, we're uh, we're looking to do that. Yep. Um, if, nice. if you want to pay for one of us to fly to a conference, so yeah, that works uh, too. So the only other thing that we have on our list is witty banter. Do you have any witty banter? No, I'm all, I don't have witty <laughs> banter. I am not known for my wittiness. <laughs> all right. I'm actually known for well, nothing. So. What about your roommate? My roommate is up for any witty banter? no. My roommate is not of witty banter. I'm not giving him that option. He tried to get he <laughs> he, he tried to uh, say that he was going to sponsor us for a conference, plane and hotel, and it turned out to be the uh, what is it? Was it called the Ro- the Rocket City Fur Meet in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, where uh, nice. he, he he is from Alabama and I live there. So there's a little running joke there because. Uh, well, in downtown San Jose this weekend, there was a furry convention, so everyone was furried up, and there was restaurants offering free drinks for furries. It was quite interesting. I would like to go spend some time in Huntsville, but not at the furry con. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I have no interest in going well, to a furry con. I guess, yeah. I guess that's all we have for this week, so um, I'm Sporus, and... Uh, We'll be signing out. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, sorry for the roommate. He forgot that Skype records. Um, anywho, <laughs> we'll, ta- we'll, we'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.